0: welcome on in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the doctor report with tyler jones and tyler jones here with you so glad to have you with us today coming up here in just a few minutes we're going to hear from triple reese he'll join us the uh, former clemson quarterback and reality tv star joins us he's uh, a Kentucky college football and also give a little of uh, holiday love advice, some uh, dating advice for you to uh, this holiday season. So, uh, good stuff with Tribble coming up. A very good conversation coming up in a few minutes from right now. So, don't miss out on that. Thomas Bridges is here with me now. TV, always uh, good to hear from you, man. Uh, did you have a better week than uh, than Matt Lauer or uh, John Curry or Greg Shiano, man?
1: Yeah, I think we all did. You know, we might not be making as much money. Uh, but, you know, they say, you know, any any press is good press or any, you know, it's whatever that quote is, but I don't think so. <laughs> Didn't go well for them, for sure.
0: <laughs> no, no. And, and with Matt Lauer, you know, he, he did that segment for a long time, uh, Where in the World is Matt Lauer? And I think we're going to be asking that question now for a long time. I guess we'll never know the answer of Where in the World is Matt Lauer? Because he's, he's just gone, you know, I mean, his... His best days are behind him. The thing that shocked me about Matt Lauer, uh, Tom, was like he painted himself, himself as like America's dad. You know, like he had all this good side to him. You know, you woke up and you know Matt Lauer's on your TV. That's what surprised me in all this was uh, he was not even close to the image he tried to paint himself out to be.
1: Yeah, definitely not. And I was kind of surprised at some of the some of the stuff that came out on him. I was like, well. Um... It's kind of just shocking. Some of the, you sent me that little, you sent me a picture of an article earlier. Just some of the stuff that that had been said about him and what he'd done. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, who who does that and just expects to get away with it? It's just mind blowing.
0: What about a who who gives somebody an office with a with a button that they can press to lock the door without giving up? I mean, without getting up. I mean, like nothing good can come out of that, right?
1: Yeah, no joke. I didn't see that part. But yeah, yeah, nothing good can come
0: out of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, if it was one thing, you know, like, hey, you're going to have that so you can uh, you know, shut the door, like maybe a button to shut the door, that would be different. But to lock it, yeah, that was just uh, bizarre, uh, to say the least, uh, how that all shaped out. But uh, but John Curry, that situation in Tennessee, we know that a Mike Gundy is not taking his mullet to uh, the Rocky Top. That's not happening. And and Tom, I mean, it, it had about not even 24 hours, you know, like a 12-hour run, I guess, where this was a possibility. You know, he meets up in Dallas with John Curry and it does all that, you know, all that charade and stuff. And, you know, he ends up, you know, he says, I'm going to be a cowboy for life and all this. Look, I get it. Mike Gundy's got every right to be looking for jobs. You know, it's with with well Within uh, his rights to do that, but you know, every single off season now, it seems like Mike Gundy is looking with some, looking for some job, you know, and all this. And he said this past off season he got everything he wanted here. So, you know, I, I can understand the skeptic schism, you know, that that Oklahoma State fans may have felt because you're like, hey, we we keep going through this, you know, eventually you got to hit a breaking point. Either I'm done with these contract negotiations, looking at other schools, and I'm going to stay at OSU or eventually you leave and move on. And I think that some OSU fans were a little bit scared. This one felt different. This was huge money that was thrown out Mike Gundy. He turned down $7 million to being the uh, fourth highest paid coach in college football. I mean, that's a serious deal that uh, that that Mike Gundy said no to uh, with Tennessee. This time was a little bit different than the others uh, with that money amount. He had never seen money like that uh, by any stretch, Tom.
1: No, definitely not like- it's hard to turn down that money um but yeah i mean if you just some things you know money can't buy you know he's already in a good program that that he's he's built himself basically single-handedly you know a couple of oc's and a couple of dc's here and there uh and and then an no c and a dc right now that are that are not you know worth mentioning uh as, as far as this season went and last season even that too a little bit of disappointment on that side but uh, he's got a house that pistols firing says looks like Cabela's I had personally never seen it looked at it 1.8 million dollar home out in you know the outskirts of stillwater looks like a Cabela's he's got his family there already established uh, I believe his son is maybe the high school quarterback at stillwater uh, he's he's got his life right there and it's at his alma mater so some things money can't buy but you know I think it would have been about a Three point something million dollar raise a year to go out and and coach at Tennessee, but uh, as an LSU fan, I didn't think I would have been shocked if he would have left. But uh, we're we're at that point. But like you did mention, it it kind of gets old after a while. Like okay, you go flirt around with all these teams. Like pick something, do something, be done with it. Don't be you know wishy washy. Don't be you know leaving us out on the line. Uh, wondering what's going to happen next. So I hope it's, I hope, you know, I hope it's done and put to rest, but we'll see.
0: I like Mike Gundy. I really do. He's one of my favorite coaches in uh, in all of college football. I said this uh, a while back that he would be in that upper echelon, like the top 10 coaches you would want to play for, that he's a, a player's coach. But This, to me, if you're an OSU fan, I mean, it's got to get old after a while. Just pick something, you know, show your commitment. You didn't even, you didn't see Bob Stoops flirting with other jobs that uh, that last decade he was there. I mean, maybe for a little while at first, but after a while, you knew Bob Stoops was pretty set on staying at OU. And uh, you don't see Nick Saban messing around leaving Alabama. If this truly is his New York Yankees job, then he needs to show the commitment to this program. I will say this, though. On the flip side of that, Tom, you, you and I were at Stillwater on Saturday, and, and I was telling you, you know, that was the first time I've ever covered a game at OSU. I've been to games there, but this is the first time i went as media. And so we got some inside looks on some things that I hadn't seen before there. And I remember saying to you, like, wow, these facilities are incredible. You know, Stillwater's a great town. Everything has Mike Gundy's fingerprints on this place. I don't see why he would want to leave. Uh, why he would consider leaving this place because he has everything he wants, not to mention you mentioned his home and his kids and all that, but just Oklahoma State alone, everything is there that this guy could want it's just so incredible, maybe not the paycheck uh, that he could had at Tennessee, but everything is something that might get built but on the flip on the other side of that, though, one of the things I noticed when I was there was you know yes, it was Kansas, yes, it was Thanksgiving weekend, but I mean, there was a lot of empty seats there. I mean, this was one of the most talented teams in Oklahoma State history that they threw out on the field on Saturday. I mean, this is something else. Mason Rudolph is probably the, the best quarterback OSU's ever had, and a lot of people didn't show up. A lot of people weren't excited about that. Uh, you know, I mean, Mike Gundy has been mistreated by the administration in the past. I'll say this. I think Mike Gundy's a great coach. And, you know, there are some OSU fans out there that still give him a hard time for not winning the big games and such. I think he gets totally disrespected. I think that he's treated very unfairly uh, by some within Oklahoma State. Some, I don't think people realize how good of a job Mike Gundy's done. He's the greatest coach in OSU history. This year, nine wins... You know even five years ago oklahoma state fans would have been thrilled to have nine wins in a season i mean this is something spectacular and i don't think oklahoma state fans and administration realize how good they got in a coach in mike gundy and the fact that he stayed there for you know 13 plus years now tom
1: yeah definitely so and and just to touch on what you mentioned earlier as, as far as why gundy would leave when his fingerprints uh, are all over it i mean hell. Eskimo Joe's has, like, a mini mur- mural of him, like, with the mullet uh, on the front of the building. Uh, so why he would ever leave is just baffles me. I think it has a lot uh, to do with the leverage uh, in the program. I also think it has to lot, a lot to do with the athletic director, Mike Holder. A lot of people want him gone, and it's a, it's a known thing that Gundy and, and Mike Holder don't really see eye-to-eye on a lot of things, so... <clears throat> We'll see where it goes from here, but man, it does get old for, you know, OSU fans, uh, you know, for him flirting with other teams, like, are you going to be loyal and true, or what What are we kind of doing here? And you mentioned Stoops, you know, at first maybe looked at other places, but once he was there, that was his New York Yankee job. That was Stoops, his, his, that's, his, that's his thing, that's his MO. Uh, and for Gundy, it feels like that way, but then we get situations like these that we might be like, okay, what's what's happening? Uh, so, like I mentioned before, I hope it's put to rest now. I, I hope it's done. I hope it's over with. And we just, I don't know, as an OSU fan, can we just be done with it and let the man coach and, and hopefully keep building this program? Uh, like you mentioned, OSU fans a couple of years ago would have been good with eight, nine wins or whatever. And now we're we're looking at uh, another ten win season under our belt. So right. it's it comes down to it just comes down to that. So and yeah. I just I just hope this uh, whole debacle of Gundy the mullet all that I hope it's done. Yeah, yeah.
0: One more thing uh, on, on this too is with with his instability with looking at these other jobs all the time. I will add as well is that what about the recruiting aspect? I understand Gundy's done a very good job recruiting, especially developing talent on that front. You know, that's evident. The, the proof is in the pudding. But maybe, how much better would they be if he wasn't messing around with these jobs? You know, I mean, these, these 17, 18-year-old kids... They don't necessarily like, we, we are pretty adamant. We feel, okay, Mike Gundy would never leave Oklahoma State. We know that. But a 17 18 year old kid sees him flirting around with these jobs every single year. They don't necessarily know that. They're not all Oklahoma high school kids. They don't know much about Mike Gundy. Uh, you know, I mean, that to me is, that's where I see this alarming is, is maybe you could be doing better on the recruiting trail if you weren't messing around like this. But. Mike Gundy, you know, I like the guy, but he's a bit of an attention whore. You know, the mullet is for attention. You know, these job searches are for attention and all this. He likes to be in the limelight a little bit. Nobody's talking about him, and so he he does this stunt and, uh, and gets people's eyes and get a little pay raise out of it. Maybe he's trying to get Mike Holder out. Mike Holder should be fired. He's one of the worst ADs in, in America. Um, you know, of course, the way he handled that Brad Underwood situation and all, Mike Holder's got to go to. Maybe this was a way to get a holder out. Who knows? But let's move on. The rest of the coaching carousel, uh, no changes in the Big 12 at this point. Matt Campbell signs an extension. He'll stay at Iowa State. And it looks like every single Big 12 coach will be back next year. Of course, uh, KU, you know, they announced within minutes of their loss to OSU that David Beatty's going to be back next year for a fourth season after only winning three games in three years, only one Against an FBS opponent, that being Texas. But you look around the country, and let's start with Tennessee, Tom. What a disaster that mess has been at Tennessee of what they've gone through. They didn't get John Gruden. They didn't get you know they were supposed to get Greg Schiano, but there was that fan outrage about his connections with uh, Jerry Sandusky and Penn State. They wanted Mike Gundy. They didn't get him. Uh, you know, this stuff possibly they they might get Jeff Jeff Brom. You know, they out of Purdue. Uh, that's still to be determined. Uh, they're looking at Dave Doran at NC State, some things to figure out here. You know, I, the, the outrage, you know, I, I can understand not wanting somebody connected with Sandusky here in all that situation. But here's the deal. If they end up with Doran or Braum or Bobby Petrino, any of those guys are better than Greg Schiano. J- John, John Curry is incompetent. He is one of the worst ADs in the country. This guy chased off Frank Martin at K-State. If they end up with any of those three, Petrino, Braum, Doran, instead of Greg Schiano, that's still better than Greg Schiano. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just don't understand why this program thought it was necessary to go after Greg Schiano, and then think they could get Mike Gundy. It was a valiant effort, but that wasn't going to happen. Uh, I mean, this, uh, John, John Curry's just so incompetent. It's laughable. It's hysterical. And they won't give our guy Lane Kiffin a chance. Lane Kiffin's been hilarious in owning it. I mean, he he he's a good option too. They won't even give the guy interview. They won't even interview Les Miles for this job, Tom.
1: Yeah, and that's the crazy part about it. My first choice would have been like, what's Les Miles doing? (laughs) That would have been one of my first calls. I mean, nobody's saying anything about him. It's Les Miles.
0: No one wants Les Miles right now.
1: I feel for the guy. He's won a national championship. All he's
0: done is win. He got the Oklahoma State program on, on the map. He won a national title. No one wants Les Miles. I don't get it, Tom.
1: Yeah, I have no idea why you would go say, well, let's get Greg Shadow over Les Miles. Les Miles hasn't even brought up been brought up. There's been nothing about him. That's been I do not I d I don't I don't maybe there's something, Jones, that we don't know. Maybe there's something we don't see or or maybe that something we might be overlooking. You know, we're not you know, we're not in in, in too deep with college football matters as, as far as the ins and outs and the inner workings of how that all works. But uh, it just kind of baffles me. Like, okay, Greg Shiano, mm, that whole that just ended terribly. Uh, they basically buckled under pressure of, of what people were saying on Twitter. I mean, we'll look back and be like, remember that one time Twitter just basically shut down a, a hiring of a college football coach. You look at Jeff Brom, which I like what he did at Purdue. Uh, you know, they started out really well in, in for, I, I don't, I just, I would like that hire for them. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, they try to go after Mike Gundy after previously flirting with him several, you know, a couple of years ago. I don't think they really thought that it was going to come through, but they put $42 million on the table and still get turned down. What does that say about your program? Um, it just, golly, it baffles me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a it joke. Me, Tyler,
0: Tennessee is a joke right now. They're the laughing stock. I never want this coaching search to end, and if it ends, uh, I hope it's like Lane Kiffin or Les Miles, so we can keep on, uh, you know, having a good time with old Tennessee. Uh, you know, I mean, Arkansas, all this.
1: Or Arkansas is arguably a better, a better job right now.
0: It's uh they're more incompetent, you know. They uh they definitely are, you know. Right now the way they're handling that, I, I doubt they get Gus Malzahn like they want based on what Auburn's doing. But uh that's that's one for that's interesting there. Uh, the other jobs that have been filled, uh you know UCLA gets Chip Kelly. I thought that was interesting. I thought Florida was mu- a much better job than UCLA, but. Chip, he's not about being in the SEC. He's not about being one of the most popular men in Florida. He wants to be just another guy, be a West Coast guy out in L.A. and Florida and live that life. Uh, they, and Florida gets Dan Mullen instead, and Dan Mullen did a great job in Mississippi State, and they he'll be in contention for national titles. They got a great coach in Dan Mullen there. Uh, but those two hires, Tom, I mean, both those schools... Uh, that's home run hires. You know, to to get Chip Kelly out at UCLA. Well, the Pac-12 is not great right now. It's down. You know, it's it's the worst of the Power Five conferences. I mean, Chip has a real chance to contend in the Pac-12 every single year and immediately. But the facilities aren't great. There's not a lot of love or money invested in that program there. I don't know if that's great long term for Chip Kelly. For Dan Mullen, everything's there for him to succeed at Florida. The only problem is you are in the same league as Nick Saban, but you're on the opposite division, division of Nick Saban, so you could be in the SEC title every year, which Jim McElwain was already, and they weren't very good.
1: Yeah, no joke. It's it's getting down to the point where <sighs> some of these coaches, and Jones, like I mentioned before, we're not in the inner workings, but it comes down to some of the hires are baffling. I mean, Chip Kelly going to UCLA, I I don't know. But he's familiar with the Pac-12. like you like like you mentioned, they're on the bottom of the barrel of the Power Fives. Uh, him going to UCLA, I think he can do a great job there. I really do, I really think he could. To you know, maybe not go to Florida. What were you thinking? But like I said, we're not in the inner workings, and and Chip Kelly's familiar with that with that area already. After been you know being in Oregon for so long, he's probably familiar. You know, maybe with the recruiting uh, around that area. UCLA's not a terrible program, but it's not Florida. Um, So I love this time of year, Jones. You know, it sucks that college football is coming down to the end. And and we talked about this on Saturday in Stillwater, that it just went by so quick this year. But I also love this time of year when the coaching carousel comes on because it's it's like a poor man's NBA free agency. And it just gets stupid nuts. And and as far as Tennessee kinda of kicked it off with the great Shiano thing of it just being just one big stupid mess and and the media just loves the hell out of it. And I love the hell out of it. And it's just it, it's entertaining to watch at this at this time of year when you got you know NBA yeah, yeah. you know, starting to yeah. fire up and then you got this college football carousel going around. And we still can't decide who gets in the college football playoff. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. A beautiful I, I think they call that I think they call that a
0: poop poop emoji carousel, a poop emoji show. Uh, they should. <laughs> yes, they should. Uh, college football playoff rankings out this week. We'll preview those games coming up later in the show. But let's talk about those rankings real quick. Clemson's number one at eleven and one. They had a nice win over a uh, rival South Carolina Saturday night. Auburn two after they uh, take down Alabama OU, who I think is the best team of anybody in the country. They're three right now at 11-1, and one. Wisconsin at 12-0. and 0. Here's, here's basically the playoff picture, folks, how this all works out. Clemson and Miami, they play in the ACC title game. The winner of that one, they're going to the playoff, loser is out. Auburn plays Georgia. That is also a play-in game. If Georgia wins, they jump in. If Auburn l- wins, they're still in. They'll make the playoff. Wisconsin-Ohio State, that's where things get interesting. If uh, if Wisconsin wins, they're in. If Ohio State wins, it's a possibility. They would have to jump Miami, Georgia, and Alabama to get there. Here's, here's my thinking, Tom. Here's, here's what I think what, what needs to happen for all this to work out. You know, for Alabama to get in, they got to hope Ohio State wins in, in an ugly game. If Ohio State wins big, I think there's a good chance Ohio State jumps up there and gets in the playoff. Oklahoma, they win, they're in, they're okay. I don't think there's anything TCU can do to get in the playoff at this point. They're all the way back in 10th. Uh, I don't see that happening. I don't see USC uh, having getting in there just by beating you know Stanford in the Pac-12 title. I think USC's out in all this. So that's how I think the playoff picture will looks like based on the scenarios here. A lot to be figured out here, but you can narrow it down. We got about eight teams that have a realistic shot to be in the playoff. There's four teams in right now, but it could be a whole nother four teams. Uh, This could all flip just based on what happens this week alone.
1: Yeah, it it definitely could, and and this is like maybe the most interesting week um, for the college football playoff, and rightfully so. This is kind of, it ends up who determines who gets in and when, maybe some, who knows what kind of upsets we'll see. I'm sure there's going to be at least one Jones, but it, it, it comes down to, again, every game matters, and you know, some of these games are almost shoe in, you know, shoe in games. OU beats TCU in is in now. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a cough here. Um, but these few other games, it's kind of like a shoe in, win in your end game. Um, and for other teams, maybe they need some chaos to happen. Uh, sure does Alabama. Is Alabama out of the college football playoff? No matter what happens, we'll see. Uh, that could get very interesting as well. I mean I know I'm gonna sit my butt right on the couch on Saturday morning and just prepare my body for all the chaos that could possibly happen.
0: So here here's a question that probably is on the minds of OU fan is hey, if you're an OU fan you're thinking, hey, we're number three when we've played great all year and, and have a better resume than Clemson probably should be number one. If you're an OU fan, you're probably thinking that right now. On the other side of that, to add to that, if you're an OU fan, should you be nervous at all this weekend? Uh, think about this. OU is is underrated at 3. And what if let's say that they don't put their best foot forward and, you know, they beat TCU in ugly fashion, you know, something like, you know, I don't know, a, a 21 to 17 win or something or, you know, low scoring, it's not pretty. And you know, Ohio State looks great, and then you know, of course, they want to put Alabama in. Whatever, is there any chance that OU falls out this weekend? I, I, I would, I would say no, but based on OU being underrated already, getting passed up by two-loss Auburn this week, I, I'm not counting that out completely. That. Uh, OU is uh, is certainly in just because this playoff committee to this point, Tom, has been very inconsistent and has not given the Big Twelve really the respect they would deserve, and OU is a prime example of that.
1: No, definitely, they definitely are, and and there's no way in my mind, uh, Jones, unless there's some rigging to be at or something that OU gets left out if they win, and there's that would be a travesty. There's there's absolutely no way, nothing short of losing. If they do lose, uh, if they do lose against TCU, you know they say it's hard to beat a team twice, but I don't think this is—I uh, don't think that's the case here against a TCU team that kind of decimated in the first half and really decimated all game.
0: Right, right. I think uh, that so, if if OU wins, they should be in. Uh, I if no, you're OU they fan, will be in.
1: right, right. I put money on.
0: Yes, yes. If you're an OU fan, you should be more concerned. Yeah, just about the game itself. If TCU beats you, then you're out for sure. Um, that would be the more concern. I, I think that you would feel you got to feel pretty confident if uh, OU wins at that point. All right, that's enough for the college football playoff talk. Coming up next, we continue this, talk Clemson, more of the playoff, and more with Joe Maurice. That's coming up next right here on the Doctor Report. Thanks to Triple Race for stopping by and joining us. Make sure to follow him all on his social media at Triple Races, where you can find him there. Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges, back here with you now. Let's go ahead and roll through our uh, college football weekend picks. Uh, Finally, we have some uniformity in the Power Five. For the first time ever, all Power Five conferences will have championship games on Championship Week. And uh, so now, based on this system, having some consistency, Tom we are uh, seeing, uh, I I would say, uh, almost like a de facto quarterfinal, essentially, because all these games, except the Pac-12 title game, have playoff implications.
1: Yes, they do, and it's basically, like you mentioned, it's like a quarterfinal, like an 18 playoff, uh, basically to see who gets in, for the most part. Barring any chaos, it's basically an 18 playoff to see who gets into the college football playoff, which is great. Yeah, um, you know this is the first time in a while since you know, at least in the college football playoff era, that we've had all Power Five teams having a you know conference championship game. Big Twelve has slipped in the last few years, uh, so it is refreshing to see finally that we have some consistency, like you mentioned. So I'm at, at peace with it finally.
0: And, and why is this the best regular season in sports? Well, here we are, the very last week of the regular season, and no one in that top four is safe. No one's locked in. You still have to win this week to move on and uh, get to the playoff. Here we go. Let's uh, let's run through it now real quick. Uh, our picks. Tom and I agree on our picks, so we'll uh, go back and forth. Who breaks down each game? Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, the Buckeyes are favored in this game. They have two losses, though, on the year. Wisconsin undefeated. I think they're the biggest fraud in college football. Tom, who wins this? Yeah, Jones,
1: I do agree. Wisconsin really hasn't played anybody. I like Ohio State too. Uh, it's just gotten to the point where, you know, Wisconsin is a good team. I really do think they are good, but I, I think Ohio State's got this uh, no matter what. I would, I would probably put money on this game.
0: Uh, Miami and Clemson. Uh, I think Clemson wins this one, uh, but Miami is going to make this interesting. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't giving Miami a chance. This game will be closer than the experts think. While Miami's problems this year, Tom, have not been necessarily them not showing up for big games, it's the teams that they're much better than that they've barely won or lost to Pittsburgh. Games like this, you know, Notre Dame, uh, Virginia Tech, among others, that was when we saw Clemson play great. They'll show up, but it won't be enough.
1: Yeah, definitely not. I I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, Maybe the turnover chain gets a little action. We'll see. But I think at the end of the day, Clemson does come through.
0: Uh, Auburn takes on Georgia. A rematch of this uh, matchup just a couple weeks ago. Auburn embarrassed the number one team in the land, Georgia. Georgia's got a chance to get revenge. The game is in Atlanta. But, uh, Tom, uh, Auburn is uh, arguably the hottest team in the country, Uh, maybe the best team in the country right now. I expect them to win this one and, and smooth into their way into the CFP.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I do think uh, that Georgia will give you know Auburn a run for the money. The first game was uh, was a really great game as well, and I, I don't expect anything short uh, of another great game this week.
0: Um, that's uh, that's our straight up picks. Uh, just to run through these, the the other uh, conference championship games: TCU takes on OU. Uh, I don't think OU's going to have any problems. I think they should uh, should handle that uh, pretty handily. Uh, they want to look good, show out. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, if there's anything about Baker Mayfield, Tom, is this guy does not lose big games, and they will not take this match against TCU lightly.
1: Yeah, they definitely won't. Baker Mayfield's, you know, uh, is going to keep it rolling this week. They, you know, decimated TBCU, uh in the last game they played, and I don't think this one's going to be any different.
0: And uh, Stanford Dicks on USC. I like uh, USC in that one. This season hasn't gone necessarily like they would have liked to, but uh, they've played better as of late. And uh, we have both OU and TCU, uh, OU and uh, USC covering. Also, uh, Fresno State covering uh, as an underdog against Boise State. They won last week, and they're a a nine-point underdog? That's crazy. I think Fresno State covers and wins this game. All right, uh, let's move on to the uh, National Football League. Time for our NFL whip around. Let's go ahead and get started. Thursday night football, the uh, R-Words taking on the uh, Cowboys. The Cowboys have been struggling. And, uh, I mean, you know, Mike Gundy said he was going to be a Cowboy for life. Well, that Dallas Cowboys job is about to open up pretty soon if they, uh, they continue this trend. Maybe Mike Gundy is going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys who plays Jason Garrett. Who knows? Um, but, uh, Washington is both these teams at five and six. This is a really good Thursday night game. I know the records don't indicate it, but uh, I think we're in for a good one. Uh, coming up tonight between these two teams.
1: Yeah, I do think so. And, and the Dallas Cowboys, they have to, they got to figure out something to get back on track. It's kind of been a disappointing season so far. They came into the, you know, into the season looking, you know, like a, you know, Everybody thought they were going to be a playoff team. Has it been that way so far? Uh, Dak maybe not as good as we thought he was previously. Ezekiel Elliott's going to be out. Uh, I do like this. Uh, I do like this Thursday night matchup. It's going to be. I think it'll be a good game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, teams that are uh, have fallen off a bit, that have not played well, the Kansas City Chiefs sitting at six and five after that five and and0 oh start. They've. Uh, They've lost uh, a lot of games as of late. Uh, one out of their last five games they've won. And they take on this New York Jets team. It, it was already bad enough when the Chiefs lost to the Giants a couple weeks ago. This might be just as bad, uh, maybe even worse, if they uh, lose to the Jets at the same stadium they lost to the Giants at a couple weeks ago. Chiefs must win game. And in a bad AFC West, the Chargers of all teams are right on the Chiefs' heels. They have to win this one, time.
1: Yeah, they do. And, and you mentioned the Chargers. The Chargers are looking pretty good after, you know, they whooped up on the Cowboys on, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, they're right there. Chiefs have lead built up. You know, the Raiders are there as well. Uh, not looking bad. Obviously, the Denver Broncos are kind of done for uh, as far as that knows. It's still a winnable division for the Chiefs for sure. They can easily still make the playoffs. They just have
0: to find that mojo that they had in the first five games. Let's uh, let's move it a little little quicker here. The uh, Vikings taking on the uh, Falcons. Falcons after a rough start have kind of bounced back the last couple weeks. They're sitting at seven and four. Case Keenum and the Vikings probably the biggest surprise in the National Football League. Sitting at nine and two, they're in no rush to bring back Teddy Bridgewater because Case Keenum and company have something going. This is quite the story for Minnesota. Yeah, it is,
1: and no one expected this. and uh you know what a story for their wide receiver adam Thielen. and what a story if you haven't if you haven't seen that go ahead and look up adam Thielen. check out his story and see what he's been able to do uh one of the best wide receivers right now in the nfl uh the vikings are nuts it's it's really a great kind of a great overall story, is, uh, even if they beat my rams
0: uh patriots take on the bills here the uh patriots are an eight and a half point favorite here this one the I, I think the Bills could cover this one. I don't think they'll win, but I think this could be more interesting than people think. The Bills have played all right. They're six and five. Just beat KC on the road last week. Patriots are nine and two. Uh, this this game might be more interesting than people think, Tom.
1: I think so. It's a divisional game. Uh, the, you know, the Bills and Patriots don't. You know, don't. It's a divisional game. That's it. Uh, it's going to be close. They they don't like each other. They have a lot of history together, and it's. And, and Tyra Taylor's back starting, uh, I believe. So I think it's going to be, you know, I think they do cover. I don't think they win, but I, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, other games around the league, you
0: got a really bad game between the Niners and the Bears. Uh, we did see Garoppolo in one series last week. The Bucks take on the Packers. Brett Hundley looked really good against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Almost got the win. Jameis Winston back for Tampa Bay. Texans take on the uh, Titans. Titans in at seven and four. No one's really talking about them. They appear to be well on their way to the playoffs. Broncos and Dolphins, both these teams have just been a dumpster fire, to say the least. Jaguars take on the Colts. Jaguars at seven and four. And they're doing all this, Tom, even with Blake Bortles at quarterback. I mean, this is something else. Not only are the Jags good, but they're doing this with an average to below average quarterback. I mean, they're winning... Uh, they're, they're just good so everywhere else except the quarterback position. That's been enough.
1: It has been. Leonard Fournette getting the job done, kind of going under the radar there too. And, you know, the Jags are not the bottom of the NFL. Surprise, surprise.
0: Uh, Lions take on the you know, Ravens, both teams at 6-5. and five. Uh, For both these teams, to, to keep the playoff hunt alive, it's a must-win game for both teams.
1: I think so. Um, I like the Lions in this one. Just do. That's how I feel. But uh, it's, it's a, I think it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be a great heated matchup. Black over Stafford. We'll see what happens.
0: Browns take on the uh, Chargers looking for that first win of the year. Chargers playing really well as of late. The Giants take on the Raiders. The Raiders at 5-6. and six. Not out quite yet based on the Chiefs' struggles. The Giants, though, starting Geno Smith. Eli Manning is benched His consecutive start record ends. The Giants really screwed over Eli Manning because the Giants have a lot of problems, and Eli Manning is not one of them. He has no receivers to throw to, no offensive line. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, that's just uh, just disgusting. I mean, fire Ben McAdoo's ass right now because uh, you're letting a Hall of Fame quarterback get benched when he's not the problem here, Dom.
1: Tom Coughlin would have never let this happen. He just never would have, and it's it is a travesty. Everyone's voicing their opinion on it. It's trash. It's they just don't treat someone like that who's been in your organization and won you two Super Bowls and made the playoffs numerous times. You just don't. You just don't do that. Let him finish up the season. You
0: got three weeks to go. What do you have to gain by putting in Geno Smith? Panthers take on yeah. the Saints. Both teams eight and three, fighting for that division. Uh, I mean, this is a really, really good game, and I feel like nobody's talking about this game. I mean, the NFC South is the best division in football this year, Tom.
1: It is, and and not a whole lot of people are talking about this game, which is a shame. Uh, The Saints did, you know, come off a loss against, you know, last week against the Rams, and uh, still a great team. They're missing their two, they're missing their cornerback one and two. Uh, still, you know, gave the Rams hell and, and you know pushed them at the end. So uh, pushed the number one offense at the end uh, to, to make some plays. Uh, they got that, that Camara kid uh, who's looking great. Might be the uh, rookie of the year. So it's going to be a hell of a matchup.
0: Uh, Rams take on the Cardinals. Rams at eight and three. Cards at five and six. The Cards are really banged up, and uh, the Rams, if they get to this, they, they get this one then they are guaranteed a season over 500 and look to be well on their way to the playoffs. What a surprise. I mean, Jared Goff just really has no regard for human life. This guy's been playing out of his mind. Now. He's
1: been carving defenses up. he got the number one offense in the NFL. Uh, I really cannot believe it uh, as a Rams fan. The, first, the last time Jones, I think they had a winning season, I think you were maybe eight years old, maybe younger than that. Not giving away any age here, but I think you were pretty young. I was pretty young. Uh, the last time they, you know, had a had a neutral season of, you know, maybe an 8-8 eight eight. was in 2006. Just put that in perspective. Uh, Sean McVay
0: has them rolling. Uh, Eagles take on the Seahawks on Sunday night football. The Eagles had the league's best record, 10-1, and one, going up uh, against Seattle in the uh, toughest, you know, one of the toughest home field advantages in the league. Uh, Tom, uh, Philly definitely up for the challenge. They've uh, won some big games this year. Uh, but Seattle, Russell Wilson and company, it seems like he just entered the league yesterday. He's the old man. This is the veteran team of the NFC. This isn't their first rodeo.
1: No, it's not. And I expect a great game out of Pete Carroll coaching-wise. And uh, I expect a great game out of Philly, too. I think this is going to be one of those games that's not, you know, really hardly talked about. A whole lot this week. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a great showing in Seattle.
0: Uh, Monday Night Football. Steelers nine and two. Squeak, squeak by last week against Green Bay. They take on Cincinnati on the road. Uh, the, the Steelers should have no problems here. The, the Bengals are not a real threat. But you know, it seems like every single year, Tom, the Steelers, the, the games that they stack up and lose are games they aren't supposed to. They aren't supposed to lose. And, uh, I mean, this, this has a weird feel to it, especially coming off that bad performance against Green Bay last week. This is a potential trap game for Pittsburgh.
1: I think it is, and it's a divisional game, too. And that division, minus the Browns, the you know, the Bengals, Steelers, and the Ravens, they always play each other tough. They don't like each other. It's always a heated matchup. It's always a chippy game. So it is a trap game for the Steelers, but I still like them.
0: All right, before we get out of here, that is our uh, NFL whip around. Time for our Tom Fullery story of the day. Tom, what do we have this week?
1: So this one's coming, Jones, straight out of the other side of the world here. It's coming straight out of India. Uh, and it threw me for a, a, a loop here. I saw, the art, you know, I saw the headline I had to click on it just to make sure it wasn't any BS, but sure enough, it's not donkeys jailed donkeys like the animals like the ass donkeys jailed put in jail after eating expensive plants on prison grounds what were those jackasses thinking in (laughs) india yeah (laughs) here's the here's how the article goes in india no person or animal can escape the law a herd of donkeys was thrown behind bars for four days Donkeys in jail for four days after chowing down on some pricey plants outside the jail compound in Uttar Pradesh, according to local media. That goes to say these donkeys had destroyed some very expensive plants, which our senior officer had arranged for planting inside the jail. And despite warnings, the owner let loose his animals here. So we detained the donkeys. The jailhead constable arcade Um, I don't don't even know how to pronounce his last name, so we're going to call him Bill, told the Indian news agency Annie, according to the India Today. The eight donkeys were detained last Friday, sending their owner into a frenzy to bust him from the joint, according to the news outlet. Jones, have you ever heard of animals being jailed for real?
0: No, no. So you can't pronounce his last name, so we're going to call Bill a jackass that's fitting.
1: No, that was the uh, that was the head constable at the
0: jail. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, the well,
1: got the donkeys got jailed for eating some expensive plants. I want to know how much these plants were. They didn't say. Uh, but it's not, like they knew, knew it's it's not, the not like they knew better. It's not
0: like they knew. not like they knew better either. You know, what I mean, uh, punch, punishing these uh, these donkeys, but I guess they are a bunch of jackasses anyway. So
1: exactly. Maybe Bunch of jackasses beat all the clan,
0: Right, right. Maybe, maybe they had it coming to them. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, just don't be a jackass, you know. And then you want to have these problems. Uh, I guess it just comes with the territory, you know. I mean, you you are who you are, you know. I mean, you're gonna do stuff like that, you know. I mean, uh but that's that, yeah. you know, you, you have that. So apparently in India you can arrest animals, and now in Saudi Arabia uh, robots can be citizens, human citizens. Uh What kind of world are we living in today, Tom?
1: It's getting
0: nuts. I'm not sure if I want to be here anymore. Like, is there somewhere else I can go? Yeah, that's
1: a good... When you find it, let me know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll say this. Those things are happening on the other side of the world. Once it comes over here, then we got a problem. So far, we're good. So far, we've avoided that. So we're in good shape on that front. That will about do it for today's edition of the Doctor Report. Back here next week, same time, same place. Looking forward to it. Big thanks to Triple Reese for uh, stopping by, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. For Thomas Bridges, I'm Tyler Jones. Subscribe to the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Follow us on social media at Tyler Jones Live, at TJ Media Group, Group uh, at Thomas underscore Bridges. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones live and uh, Tyler Jones media group. You can find us there and uh, we'll see you next week. So long, everybody.
1: The Doctor Report with Tyler
0: Jones. F- yeah.